You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. We believe that if you work hard, you deserve results, and that your training and nutrition should enhance your life, not take it over. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, connection, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thanks so much for being here. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you've been around for a long time, thanks for sticking with us. I'm Jonathan. That's Blakely sitting across from me. We've got a great Q&A episode for you today. We're going to be talking about when you should end a fat loss phase, give some uh, advice to a coach who's starting a business, uh, somebody who's not making progress and not sure why, all kinds of good stuff. But before we get into that episode, we got a sponsor for the day. You ready? Mm-hmm. It's cold ease. Man, uh, you know, before we left on this trip, basically everybody that was there visiting us at home was sick. And uh, we're like, oh, God, please don't let us get sick. And Blakely has come down with a cold. I thought we escaped it by running away in our trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, t- I started taking cold ease yeah. while everybody was there. I didn't. I don't know. I, di- I should have. I was like, I'm good. I'm you good. Know, I don't think there are a lot of. Um, we're going to talk about supplements today. There aren't a lot of supplements you need, but I don't know what it is about coldies, but I really think the zinc in there or mm-hmm. whatever else they have in there, it really does help. You know, if you're teetering on the edge of getting a cold or if you have one, it really helps you get over it quicker or it not be severe. So I don't think it helps you get over it quicker. I feel like, oh, I think, I don't know. I think it says on the box like that you ha- it's kind of like what you did with it. You have to like start taking it like as soon as you see the signs of a cold or right before, mm-hmm. like if you're around somebody with a cold. I think when I worked at Rice, I used to like take one every day just because <laughs> I was like, I'm around a lot of people. Yeah. I remember and helped me kind of stay I've been well, taking I it. Yeah. I, took, I took it this morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hopefully. heard you unwrapping something. I'm like, what are you doing over there? I, I'm offended. <laughs> I mean, we're in like 150 yeah. square feet here, and you're coughing all over the place and sneezing. So uh, I'm going to do what I can to stay well. But you know what? I've, I've, I've like, I've honestly been thankful that I had this cold just because, like, I'm not good with change in in things like this and we're and we're we're venturing out in our camper for an undetermined amount of time to kind of test the waters of like is this something that we'd want to do like to full time in a camper for a year or two blah 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 anyway and it's not all like roses and rainbows out here <laughs> like you're gonna get a cold or things like that and like literally like three days in I this cold kind of caught up with me and I immediately was like my mindset went to like I'm actually thankful that I'm going through this in here because my my first instinct was not like I want to go home like <laughs> I need to be I need to have this cold at home like no yeah. I'm fine I'm in the camper this is my like I'm super cozy in here I'm I can I can be fine in here this mm-hmm. is just as fine as I could be at home with a cold. <laughs> <laughs> True. So I really is like, I like I said, I'm like kind of like grateful. Not that I want to be feeling sick or anything like that, but I was like a little bit grateful that this happened early on and yeah. in this testing thing that we're doing. Yeah. All right. So we're a little <coughs> over a week in. Mm-hmm. If you had to decide. A week yesterday. If you had to decide or, right yeah. now, could you live in this camper full time for a year? Let's call it a year. Yes. You could. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's pretty bold. Like, didn't even have to think about a statement. I know. I could. Yeah. I, I like, 
it's and it's been different this time this trip has been different than like other times when we've just gone out camping for a few days in it or whatever and i don't know if, if it's because we're we're testing it and i'm thinking about it a little bit differently but i'm just like i'm more settled i'm more comfortable i'm more organized in here the dogs are settled the dogs are happy we've been able to like wear them out mm-hmm. and they're not antsy or anything you know and yeah should we go turn the air off or do you think we should just let it roll i just heard the air kick on <laughs> i don't know if you can hear it or not it, I, I can hear it pretty good on. in my headphones yeah but. you can go turn it off okay I'll, I'll 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 wax on my drink here have you guys tried this i don't i don't it's made in austin so i don't know if you can get it everywhere this rambler can you see this this is my new favorite fizzy water brand and this particular flavor is satsuma which i think is like a blood orange type of flavor delicious i'm not one for these these fizzy waters that are like super i call them burpy like <laughs> carbonated it's so carbonated you take one sip and you're like oh you're gripping your chest <laughs> and this one is a milder fizz mm-hmm. but a bolder flavor <laughs> boom that, they should have that on the can got a nice sound opening that came <clears throat> on the podcast yeah you were just complaining there. that every one of these you've opened has not opened for you and everyone that maybe you don't maybe you don't know how to open cans <laughs> yeah i made it to 45 years old <laughs> and i'm just now trying to figure out how to open cans mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well um all right we'll see how it goes we're, like we're headed we're where are we now we're in port aransas we're, we're at the beach we're at the beach it's it's kind of it's not a beachy looking day out there but anyway that's part of the deal too yeah uh, we're gonna head north in a few days uh, kind of up by not too far from where we live actually and then uh I, the plan is and i still want to do is head out head west, head west towards marfa and big bay <clears throat> we're really Park. just gonna stay in texas for this trip um you know it's it's the the we didn't want to like go all the way to florida like or you know we wanted to like stay where we could camp easily but you know without getting like too cold and not have like, to drive i constantly. want yeah i want I, I like cold weather i honestly want to be in like a little bit colder weather but we can't be in like freezing weather and still like use the camper so we were like trying to stay in the milder temperature areas mm-hmm. but florida is like way too expensive this time of year and we, and we found this amazing beach area yeah that is like not that far from home yeah. <laughs> so i'm like if you're gonna go to the beach come here um but yeah so the same I place think, we were in last week where the sponsor was happy hour we, yeah. we left went somewhere else yeah, and came back. yeah we, we left we went to south padre which when i when i was growing up i was like this is the place you should go for spring break it's awesome <laughs> like and i'm like no take me back to port aransas like it was just i don't i don't like super touristy towns and like everywhere you went it was just like over the top mm-hmm. to me like yeah in, in your face like i grew up on the east coast of florida um cape canaveral cocoa beach area and like it reminded me a lot of going up and down there and it reminded me of orlando a lot a lot of the stores are these just over the top giant buildings with you know these like sculptures of (laughs) jaws jonathan couldn't get over that there was a sugar shack like a sugar 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 palace palace on one side of the road and literally diagonal on the other side of the road a sugar kingdom sugar kingdom like sugar kingdom was three or four stories of of candy yeah and sugar palace was like several stories into it was like i I mean i'm I'm just picturing like parents driving up and down that road with their kids and trying to convince them that they don't they don't need to stop at the sugar kingdom (laughs) giant lollipops outside (laughs) (laughs) oh man 
but anyway this town has that feel like that beach town feel without the tourism to me mm-hmm. like you know there's the local coffee shops it just feels like local beachy people live here and that's what i like that vibe yeah. versus like here's a like for church for ten dollars like <laughs> up and down the streets and like <laughs> I yeah don't know. i think it's funny that you brought up coffee shops anybody who knows anything about us they're like they, ju- they judge the success of a trip I, or the value of a city on what kind of coffee we shops did. They we, got. Tr- we tried to go work in a coffee shop and i like, wasn't I, we didn't do my year much in south padre also because i wasn't feeling the best but um we tried to go work in a coffee shop and like no one's working there because everybody was on vacation there yeah yeah plus it was super windy <laughs> Uh, nobody that's <clears throat> listening to this or watching should be surprised that you can hear dogs snoring in the background. The dogs have taken quite well to traveling in the Airstream. They actually don't mind the travel days riding in the truck either, but they're both passed out and you'll hear them snoring throughout this Q&A episode. All right. We better get into the questions. Let's go. Number one. <laughs> if you could only eat one source of protein forever, what would your pick be? Thanks for sending this one in, Mary. I, I knew this immediately. That Mary like, sent it in? No, or you no. Knew your answer I knew right my there. answer immediately. Because if it was socially <laughs> acceptable, I would eat eggs every meal. For your protein source? For my protein source. I just love eggs. I love eating eggs. I love... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would prefer to eat eggs every meal for my protein source versus like chicken and beef and other things like that. Yeah. You like egg hunts, you like decorating eggs, you like deviled <laughs> eggs, all things eggs. No. <laughs> Why have we never got chickens if you love, love eggs so much? We tried one time and then we realized our neighbor our neighborhood wouldn't allow them. It was in, against the deed restrictions. Mm-hmm. I think it'd Actually, be a, it would be a giant hassle too. Yeah. We eat way too many. We'd have to have so many chickens for as many eggs as we eat. Especially if you were switching over to having eggs every mm-hmm. single meal, Whew, we'd have to have a whole gaggle. I'm, of in Houston, of I, I remember when I, were, I was talking about that, and the, the girl who did my hair in Houston, she was like, "Don't get them." Like she chickens, chickens, and she got like these little flea mites, and then she had dogs, Ugh. and like all over her yard, she just oh, had like man. a regular yard like yeah. we did. <laughs> it's like, mm, okay, I'm good. We're super super spoiled too, because the house that we live in now, uh, that we're renting, our landlord lives across the street, owns a giant ranch. And they have they chicken. Have they an overabundance have, of eggs. So they're always dropping off uh, yeah. homemade eggs to us, which is pretty like stinking awesome. Like two dozen at a time, I know. I think it was pretty easy for me to decide on this one, too. It would have to be beef. Uh... We, we talked on our call with Haley this morning about this, and <clears throat> she agreed too. Beef is very versatile. You can do ground meat, you can make hamburgers, you can do tacos, you can do steak, you can do fajitas. It's a lot of things you can do you with can beef. You can do all those meals with eggs. <laughs> ground eggs. Well, you can do ta- egg steak. Like egg tacos. <laughs> I'm going with beef. I mean, it doesn't what get about much the better. Saturated fat. <laughs> Well, I would have to get the leanest possible. Uh, and plus, whoever asked this didn't say, like, which is the like, <laughs> yeah, healthiest, most sustainable to eat. They said if you could choose forever. <clears throat> anyway, I'm going with beef. All right. There we go. Good question. I'm in the final push of a 16-week cut, but I'm going out of the, of the country for a month and won't really have access to a gym. What's the best way to keep from losing muscle while I can't work out? If anybody doesn't know, a a cut just means like a fat loss period. Sometimes we talk about this like cycle you can take yourself through where you spend dedicated time building muscle and strength and gaining a little bit of weight. We call that a bulk. And then you pull back from that. You go into a dedicated period of pulling calories back, going into a deficit and losing body fat. That's called a cut. That's the way that like you really make a big transformation in your physique over the years is by going through these cut and bulk cycles. They don't have to be like really extreme examples, but 
you know, it takes a different set of circumstances with your food to build muscle than it does to lose fat. So that's what this person says that they're doing. 16 week cut. Um, they're coming to the end of it and they're going to be, uh, gone for a month. So let's think real quick about like, they're concerned about losing muscle. What are the factors that could contribute to you losing muscle during a cut? Number one is if you lose weight too quickly, we know that aggressive calorie deficits as you lose fat are going to make you lose more muscle than a more conservative deficit. Number two is if you under eat protein, when you're in a deficit, you're in much, much more likely to lose um, muscle, not just fat. And number three is if you're not <laughs> stimulating what's called muscle protein synthesis by lifting weights, it's not just about eating protein that stimulates MPS. It's about giving your body that anabolic signal of doing heavy weightlifting. So those are the three things that are going to cause you to lose muscle. So we already know that um, we're not going to have access to a gym during this time. So that's kind of one thing working against us. Actually, before I get into this, let me, this brings up an idea that like, I think this is what's dangerous about the weight loss drugs that are on the market right now is these drugs are influencing people's hunger so much that they really are going into a drastic calorie deficit and losing weight quickly. That's strike one. Number two is that because they're not hungry, they're not eating very much and they haven't probably got a, um, a good base of nutrition education. They're probably under eating protein during this time. Strike two, it, just because somebody's taking weight loss injections or taking these drugs doesn't mean that they're lifting weights. Strike three. So I feel like those three factors combined is really the worst case scenario for somebody rebounding um, back and regaining the weight after they stop taking the drugs and also setting themselves up for a long-term less than advantageous situation with their metabolism because they've lost so much lean mass in the process of losing that weight. As we all know, one of the most <clears throat> fruitful things you can do for your long-term metabolism is stay active and have a lot of muscle mass <laughs> because that muscle mass is going to burn calories, keep your total daily energy expenditure higher than lower. And I just see, you know, foresee in the future when people can no longer afford to take the injections that we've got a bunch of like under muscled people who have lost a lot of weight, don't have a bunch of habits built up. Um, and they end up regaining the weight and their metabolism is in a worse place than before they started. So anyway, with that out of the way, <laughs> this person who's not going to have access to a gym is not that person, but, um, you're probably still going to have access to protein where you're traveling. I don't know. Some, some countries that it really is hard to find protein actually. So think about, is that going to be a roadblock for you? Are you still going to be able to get at least 0 0.7, 0 0.8 grams of protein per day per pound that you weigh? Then you're probably in pretty good shape for that. So you, and if you are able to do some kind of exercise on this trip, you can still work your muscles with body weight or bands. And as long as you come pretty close to failure and you're really giving them a good signal, your microphone is kind of scratching over there. Um, you're probably not going to lose a lot of muscle. You're probably going to see a little bit of a depletion in the size of the muscle when you look at it visually, because you're not going to have, um, the same stimulus as you would lifting weight. So you're going to deplete glycogen. You might look a little softer, a little bit smaller, but that will come back when you come back from your trip. All that to say, I would probably end your, why are you, why are you laughing? <laughs> I want to uh, go ahead. I'm gonna, I have a funny story. Okay. All, all in all, having said all that, knowing that there are ways for you to prevent losing muscle, in my opinion, after working with a lot of people and like understanding that, you know, we're all kind of like doing this within the constraints of our lifestyle. Why not just pause 
the end of your cut here enjoy your trip try to eat at about maintenance calories uh recharge your mental battery because you've been going at this for a long time you know six weeks 16 mm -hmm. weeks assuming you've been consistent and haven't taken any diet breaks along the way that's a pretty long time you're probably ready for a break too plus doing this month uh where you're not specifically trying to lose weight gives you a chance to test the habits that you've been building up during this cut to make sure you're going to be able to maintain the weight loss once the diet is over anyway so my advice if i was your coach we would work on a strategy to help you not be in a deficit on this trip still do some amount of body weight training to maintain all the strength that you've built and then get right back to it and finish out strong when you get home yeah that's what i was going to say make sure you still are doing some body weight exercises like metcon style like like other, other day in the gym i did this like 400 meter runs jumping air squats just you know things like that that you can you know do while, with no equipment but the funny thing i was thinking about is when i back when i worked at village crossfit one of the owners was getting married in mexico and so like the whole group gym like went to mexico and we traveled with a lot of them over there and we got stopped at customs <laughs> and the girl uh they op like they they wanted to like search her bag yeah. and <clears throat> she had put protein powder and mm -hmm. white protein powder in a ziploc bag and you know they open her suitcase up don't forget your microphone they open her suitcase up and there it sits and the guy i'm like thinking oh my gosh they're gonna grab this bag and he sees the jump rope he sees her jump rope in there and he picks out the jump rope and he's like what is this yeah <laughs> and he's like thinking it's like something like some weapon like she's gonna try to strangle somebody yeah, with. yeah like jump into the cockpit and she's it. like jump rope jump rope and she's like mimicking the jump rope and and she's like please don't take my jump rope but it was just hilarious yeah. to me that forget the white power they did not even like glance an eye at this giant ziploc bag of white powder <laughs> oh, i remember that <laughs> it was just the jump rope what is this <laughs> <laughs> what are your intentions with this jump rope all right is there anything else you want to add on that one are we done with that one all right. I, I think that was Jen. I, want, I think she listens to the podcast. She'll probably enjoy that story. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. <laughs> Please don't take my jump rope. I also remember <laughs> jump I had cheap either. a backpack full of snacks. They're speaking of bringing protein what a things surprise. with you. I had so many snacks with me, and they had those dogs that like sniff for stuff. And I got into a big group of people, and I stood up on my tippy toes. <laughs> so the dog couldn't smell your snacks? <laughs> so he would be like distracted by everybody else and not smell my snacks. Excuse me, ma'am. You're not allowed to enter this country with Actually, more than two thousand dollars worth of snacks. We just got stopped by Border Patrol yesterday. We we were down in South Padre and <clears throat> right right on the border of Texas and Mexico. And as you're like just driving, you're like forty five minutes you know North. ahead they have i was really surprised honestly you're like an hour from mexico at that point they have you they have like a border patrol and they just like look in like how many people are on board yeah. and we're towing a trailer and i'm just like it's weird to me like they don't they don't they didn't open the trailer open, and look inside they didn't open anything could have been chock full of people in there i made a joke that buttons barely made it through <laughs> <laughs> she looks a little suspect <laughs> anyway okay all right, <clears throat> what's next? Sorry, let me take Hold on, we gotta take a sip of Satsuma. <laughs> You're supposed to use the koozie around the can, not yeah. as a coaster. Once you open it, you can't put a koozie <laughs> on the bag. Any advice for a new online coach? I've officially been open for business for six months, but I am struggling to get new clients. 
Awesome. awesome. Congratulations on starting your own business. I don't think a lot of people think about that. Like when you're, you know, you're becoming an online coach, you're actually starting a business. Like you are a small business now. You have the potential to employ other people and you're going to be, you know, doing your taxes differently Mm -hmm. and all that kind of, you (laughs) need to set up a checking a business bank account and get an EIN number. Um, Uh, There's a lot of things. Yep. Okay, that is awesome. Yes, congratulations for sure. We do have a all whole series of like how many episodes? I think we were did there? six or seven of business series. A business series on YouTube about um, business. Yeah, just this. about taking your. So, we called it uh, yeah. taking your making your <laughs> from side from hustle side to hustle, serious. Yeah, that's what it was. So, a whole bunch of information in there. But I would say first and foremost, like be patient, like. With, with when you start a new business I think there's like this you know like oh I got it you know it's, yeah. it's got to work immediately or it didn't work mm-hmm. but it, it will t- just sometimes it's going to be a slow grind um, secondly is just like <clears throat> be consistent with creating mm-hmm. I think like long form and short form content so like long form meaning like uh, blogs emails um, longer form YouTube videos I'm missing anything there Podcasts, podcast start a yeah, podcast the, and then short form which is like your instagram your reels your shorts your facebooks all that stuff yeah be, be consistent with that kind of content and and make sure it's like solving your ideal client's problem so you got to first like think about who my ideal client is and make sure that you're most of the thing most of the time that you're talking about things that like they identify with and like oh that's me yeah i know that they're the person that you know they're the coach for me because you've just like basically identified their problem right which there. which starts with you deciding who are you <laughs> trying to help yeah you know and that's something that we struggle with when we were new is we're like i think everybody does they're like i help everybody yeah like, you want to be for I everybody help, i can help everybody anybody get in mm-hmm. shape as long as they do the stuff but you know we've settled over time that you know it well, we can help anybody. You know, our target market is somebody who uh, wants to put in the hard work. They want to see the physical results of their training, and they're not as, not afraid to push themselves. And they value the experience. They value the relationship mm-hmm. of personal attention through a coach too. So that a lot of our messaging is oriented in that way, yeah. both in long and for, in short form content. Yeah, that's that's so key. What you said, like, while we can help anybody, we can't. Uh, you know, you can't just be for anybody because they won't identify the that the, you are their coach if yeah. you're just for everybody if you're just so general no one's going to identify like oh that's that's the person i should work with yeah yeah here's an example you're driving your car down the road and it starts making a funny noise and it turns out that that is your timing belt that's messed up you drive past a shop that says we fix timing belts <laughs> but the problem is you don't know at that time that it's your <clears throat> timing belt you <clears throat> just know that something's wrong with your car but if you go past the shop and it says we fix cars that are making this specific noise, and you don't, and you just like, oh, that's exactly what that's, my car yeah. is doing. That's the person I need to go. Or hire. we help they, you figure out, yeah, like what, right? What's so, wrong with your car based on the noise? Yeah, you're like, I'm having that problem. So be yeah. specific in the thing that you help people fix and who you know might have that right. problem too. Like Sugar Shack and Sugar Kingdom. I didn't know which one to go to, so I went to none, neither of them. Yeah. I didn't know if I needed the Palace or the Kingdom. Right. You got to be more specific <laughs> than that. <laughs> um third, keep churning away on creating. And I thought about this because back in the day when we were first starting Digital Barbell, mm-hmm. we and we talked about this several times on the podcast, like we just turned away on creating content. We would stay after after the classes of, of my gym and just 
create demo demo videos we would create like silly blogs when i look back at them i'm like what was this but we were creating (laughs) silly blogs we were creating uh, we were doing in-person um seminars we were like creating huge free like ebooks like i mean anyway like <clears throat> just creating stuff and at the time I kind of was like what are we doing what are we doing here and and it has paid off yeah you know and so I think that like you gotta like head down just start like doing all the things and and wait and, and back, and back to number one <laughs> be patient yeah yeah and you know and we, t- we go into detail on in all these in that six or seven part yeah. series about what does that mean specifically to do what does mm-hmm. consistency look like what are you know how do you figure out who you help and not, so go listen to those yeah. episodes for sure um, um what else you got i think another one is just making sure that you are being yourself and so that like it's so hard nowadays to like look on look at especially like short form social media stuff and be like oh that person's successful and me kind of duplicate that and mm-hmm. everything like that and you're and i think like people gravitate toward like authenticity and so just being yourself and then you know attract like talking about who you're going to help and like you will attract people who identify with you who like you and you know who they know like oh that's the coach i want to work with yeah i like that yeah and and then the last thing is just like make your clients like the hero kind of you know tell your clients stories yeah you know and that's why we love to do the thing like five minutes with on our on our youtube channel and things like that we just love to and in the digital world it's so much harder like when I owned a gym, it was so easy to make my clients the hero of yeah. the story. I was there in person with them. I could take their picture. I could, <laughs> I could put them on video. It was so easy. In the digital world, it is harder. So you have to find creative ways to make your clients the hero. Yeah, and you know all this goes with the caveat <clears throat> that you have to be a good coach first and foremost. Yeah. If you're not getting clients' results, then you're going to miss out on referrals, which is really the the bedrock of any lasting business really i can't Mm -hmm. really think of any business where referrals isn't the most important thing so you got to be doing a good job uh, first and foremost and you can you know as you build up that book of business clients are coming in slowly like you know don't be afraid to ask those clients for referrals i mean they all have people in their life that they want to see make the same transformation that you've helped them them make and if they are the hero of that story then you're the guide that help them make that transformation yeah. you're the obvious choice to guide that other person to the same transformation yeah and that's actually easier in the online world than it is like in the in the in-person world because in in-person world like you can have the best gym in the world and but if you if their friend doesn't live near your gym they you know that's true, what's, yeah you know they're like i'm going to tell my friend about your gym but they're not going to drive an hour to get here like <laughs> right. online it you know yeah they yeah can live anywhere. good point um all right I know you guys aren't big on supplements, but are there any that are worth it? Yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. Did you say bless you after a cough? Or did you just say cover your cough? <laughs> like, which way should I? <laughs> uh, Toward the camera. Yeah. You did nail it that we're not big on supplements. We do have an episode on supplements that we can link to in the show notes for this. But don't forget that supplements aren't a regulated industry i know big pharma gets poo-pooed a lot on a lot but man they are they are very regulated at least you know you're getting what you when you when your doctor prescribes you a prescription and you go pick it up at the pharmacy you're getting what's on the label supplements you don't there's no regulation you don't really know what's in that and there's been so many tests where they found banned substances harmful substances toxins uh just you know whatever they say is in it 
isn't necessarily in it in the amount that they say it is, and there could be a whole bunch of other stuff in there. So the point of saying that is, number one, take as few of these things as possible so that you're exposing yourself to less of that risk, and it saves you a lot of money, too. You don't necessarily have to, quote, top your body off on things, you know, just in case. You know what I mean? Like, I think we all all think that sometimes, like, well, you know, like sometimes people will come to us and, or send us a message like, here's all the supplements I'm taking. What do you think about this mm-hmm. stack of supplements that I'm taking? And, and the first thing I always ask was, well, why are you taking them? And a lot of times the response is just kind of something like, well, they're good for you. All right, well, <laughs> let's back up. Like see if we're trying to fill in holes that aren't really there. Mm-hmm. Let's look at your overall diet, yeah. your overall recovery, uh, and, and see what makes sense to add in because everything has a risk associated with it. Um, you know, true supplementation is really to try to reduce the risk of a deficiency. And you know, sometimes the only way to know if you have a deficiency is to get a legitimate test from a doctor. You know, you, you don't necessarily need to take vitamin D unless you find out that you're deficient in it. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to take calcium unless you see you're not getting enough from your overall diet. So anyway, well, let's talk about the ones that are worth it. You know, protein powder. It's, it's a supplement. It just means that you're probably not getting enough protein from your overall diet for whatever reason. You, you logistically or practically just can't eat enough protein. So you can supplement it with a protein powder. It's, not, it, it's just the same as food. It's just a supplement to help you get up to the amount yeah. of protein you're trying to or eat. Or, yeah, the timing, like sometimes it's eat when it's gonna yeah. be just more convenient, like after a gym, you know, after you go to the gym and you know, I mean, in your gym bag like it it yeah. might make it easier for you to take it like on purpose like if you had to pack a chicken breast get it on ice <laughs> and get it <laughs> right. in a cooler for the gym it might you might not do it right but you can put a little powder in a bottle exactly so protein powder <clears throat> is not steroids it's not mm-hmm. a banned substance it's just food in powdered form number two is creatine we've talked a lot about creatine monohydrate on this podcast Essentially, creatine is going to let you work a little bit harder in every single workout, so you're going to get more long-term benefits. Creatine monohydrate, we have a link to the one that we use in our Amazon store. There's a link to that in the episode notes for this, too. Don't waste money on fancy designer creatines. They're very little, if any, side effects to it. It's the most researched supplement of all time, so boom, take five grams of creatine monohydrate and be done with it. Last, I uh, will say, is caffeine. I mean, caffeine is a proven performance enhancer also. But when you say caffeine, do you mean, you don't mean like, are you talking about caffeine and like a powdered, put it in your water? Or you mean like co- you could coffee or a bang energy drink yeah. or all that? That's that's all I'm that I would just, I'm really just saying <clears throat> caffeine, the active ingredient in whatever you, whatever medium you decide to take it in. You can buy caffeine from bulk supplements (laughs) straight up, but it takes very, very little to reach an effective dose. So, uh, and also I've heard that it has a really bitter taste to it and it doesn't dissolve well in water. So I feel like it could be dangerous. It could be a little bit dangerous. Like if you, Uh, if your kid like opens up your caffeine bag and gets into it. So I would stick to getting your caffeine into a, Uh, getting it from a source that somebody else has already measured out the milligrams of caffeine Mm -hmm. in your serving. You know, most of these energy drinks have between 150 and 300 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, (laughs) We have a good uh, blog, speaking of developing long-form content, on how much caffeine is good in a pre-workout. So Mm -hmm. I will link to that in the show notes for this too. 
Another one that's uh, not necessarily necessary, but I think is helpful is vitamin C. You know, if you're not eating a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables, if you're not using an electrolyte powder that has vitamin C has a cold. boosted into it, somebody in your airstream is constantly sneezing and coughing, you might want to boost up your vitamin C. I've been C. eating two oranges and two bell peppers per day. How's that supposed to help me? You should be doing the same. <laughs> I've been asking you, do you want me to make you a fruit salad? <laughs> All right. So that's that's the main um, that's the main supplements that I would recommend right. to just kind of blanket across the board okay. to anybody. All right. Help. I work out at home four days a week following Help. a dumbbell strength. That's what it says. With the exclamation point. Following a strength program I found online. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I've been pretty consistent and also get over 8,000 steps every day. I've definitely gotten stronger, but I'm frustrated that I haven't lost any weight and I'm not seeing the visible changes. Where should I start? This is probably, I don't know, the most common problem in all fitness that people are working out but not seeing the results that they want to do. So here's what most people do. Maybe somebody listening to this has done this. They'll do one of, one of three or all three things. What's wrong? The wind has started. Oh. <laughs> Number one, you will start doing more cardio if you feel like it's not working. I'm going to start running more. Number two, you'll start cutting carbs. I got to get these evil carbs out of my life and I'll finally start seeing some progress. Number three, I got to change programs. I got to jump to something else because this thing just ain't working. And that might be the fix. That's probably the most likely <laughs> fix out of any of those three. But anyway, that's this person might be tempted to do one of those three things. But let's back up and talk about maybe a better approach. I would say that that's only the thing if you're truly doing the program and maybe like doing it the way yeah, it's I mean, intended. So I, I think sometimes people fall into the habit of like, I do something for three weeks, like, oh, that and work. Yeah. I mean, move on. So I think there's a fine line between like jumping around too many programs or actually admitting like, okay, am I doing the things in this program? Yeah, good point. And actually, sometimes people reach out and they're, they'll come with this question and I'll say, well, tell me what you do for training. And they'll send me their training program. I'll be like, all right, your training program is great continue on or your training program has a lot of holes in it and this is probably the reason you're not making progress <laughs> bless you <laughs> uh, okay so let's talk about the elephant in the room that most people want to ignore when they're in this situation is the base of the pyramid for most people's results is their nutrition so this person's doing good on their steps they're doing stuff in the gym they have a busy life i'm sure but they didn't talk about what's going on with their nutrition. They said they were frustrated because they aren't losing weight and seeing visible changes. So I can just assume that fat loss is one of this person's goals. So we have to start looking at their nutrition. Underneath that umbrella of nutrition, let's go first to talking about the total amount of food that you eat, the quantity. Whether we're counting calories or not, this is the thing that's gotta change if we're gonna start losing some fat. So we gotta look at the diet overall as a whole, see where we can make some small reductions to get into a calorie deficit. That's gonna be the thing that drives the weight trend going down. Even if we get the weight trend going down and we're not seeing the visible changes that we want, there's some more troubleshooting to be done. Your protein could be off, ma'am. <laughs> you could be eating the right number of calories and losing weight, but if you're not liking the way that you're looking and you really are training hard, you're not eating enough protein. You're literally not putting in the building blocks to give your body what it needs to be able to build the muscle and you know make the physical changes that you want to see. If I could just give you a blanket recommendation, if you're in a fat loss phase, try to get about 
a gram of protein per day per pound that you weigh. If you, uh, this person didn't tell us their weight, but I would cap that at about 175 grams for a female. You know, if this, uh, if, if she weighs 200 pounds and she's trying to lose weight, you don't need to eat 200 pounds, 200 grams of protein per day, 150 to 175 max going to give you all the benefit of it so dial up the protein stay consistent with your workouts get your quantity dialed in let's talk real quick about what might be going wrong with your training if you're getting stronger if they said they're getting stronger but you're not seeing you know the physical changes that you want you know you're probably just in that newbie phase where you're going to make progress in strength no matter what you do because it's novel to you and that's the way the body works But if you're not really seeing physical changes, you're probably not doing heavy enough compound weightlifting like squats, deadlifts, and presses. And I know this person said they're doing a dumbbell-oriented program, so that's a bit of a challenge because you can only get dumbbells up to a certain weight into position to do a dumbbell front squat, or you can only dumbbell deadlift so much. You know, dumbbells only get so heavy. Yeah. So... um, you have to be challenging yourself with these compound lifts. Depending on what program you're following, you might be doing just like, maybe it's called a dumbbell strength program, but maybe it's like a lot of really light weights and a lot of plyometrics and stuff like that. And maybe you're never actually, you know, getting close to failure into that hard set range that we talk about so often. That is the thing that actually causes the adaptation of seeing those physical changes that and you want. And then moving up in weights. Right. After you've like peaked, you know, like done so many reps. Yes. <clears throat> with sure. that weight yeah you got to make sure you're increasing yeah. reps and then increasing load as you get to like the top end of the number of reps that you want to do mm-hmm. go back and listen to um the monday episode before this one uh for more on that subject you know you're working out enough four days a week mm-hmm. that's enough you know if you're working out three days a week i might have questions but make sure within that four days per week that you're hitting uh each muscle group with about 10 hard sets per week you have to know a little bit about anatomy to kind of figure this out and um but there just could be a chance that you're just not doing enough volume yeah let me give you a little example of what that looks like because i think we say sometimes like make sure you're hitting at least 10 plus sets per week but so for example you want to hit your triceps um you could be doing like you know, on day one, some tricep extensions or kickbacks or whatever the tricep exercises for three to four sets. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be doing like push-ups. You could be doing some close grip bench press. You could be doing some dips. And each of these, you're doing them three to four sets. You know, throughout your week, mm-hmm. you see these things pop up, whether yeah. they're in your warm-ups, whether they're in your workouts, whatever, whatever it is. And when you put all of that together, that's, you know, anywhere between 12 to 15 sets Mm -hmm. of triceps. Yeah. So you're good to go there if that's what you're seeing. If you're not, if you're seeing like, you know, I did tricep extensions for three sets and I never saw another tricep (laughs) movement again, then that's where it's like, okay, there's something lacking in that in that whole program in that week. And I do see a lot of programs where it's like you do just hit your arms like one of those four days or you hit you know the biceps one day, mm-hmm. the triceps another day, the glutes another day, the quads another day. And you're never coming back to that same muscle group. And, and you're not going to do 10 sets in a one day <laughs> I would of, hope one, not. of one movement. Yeah. So I think that that's where something can lack if it's just like today is our upper body arm day and and you never do upper body arms again even warm-ups or anything in that week then you're probably not getting enough sets in yeah 
And, then, and like, you know, I know you're following a program. You know, cool to learn about this stuff so you mm-hmm. can learn how to do it yourself. Yeah. But uh, this is the beauty of our style of training, I feel like. Is, yeah. You know, Blakely is the mastermind of programming behind Digital Barbell. And you do such a great job of knowing this, yeah. knowing this stuff, but then building out the training program so that you're getting all the stuff that we just talked about, but in a fun way that doesn't just make it where you're doing this like same routine over and over and over again. Like, tell me more. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it keep, you know, I think the secret sauce is balancing <clears throat> what you need with what keeps it interesting and fun enough to keep you motivated to keep going. You mm-hmm. know, like we hear a lot from clients, like I love that no two workouts are exactly the same. And somebody who knows about progressive overload and strength training and bodybuilding might be like, how is it? How, how do you make progress without no, with no two workouts being the same? Because we all know that you do have to repeat certain exercises yeah. to be able to make progress. You can't just like see an exercise one week and don't see it again for another <laughs> three months. So that really is the secret sauce, though, is knowing how to mix it up so that you're getting what you want, but in a fun way that, you know, makes you want to keep doing it. So mm-hmm. shout out. Boom. Give me a fist bump. <laughs> you can keep doing my programming for me. Thank you. Anything else you want to say on that one? I think you covered it. Last one? Um, you have two more. I'll be 35 this year, and up until now, I've only done endurance training. I've done 10 marathons and 12 half marathons. That's awesome. Is it realistic for me to start lifting weights and strength training at this age? I've heard that after 30, it's harder to build muscle. I feel like this person, first of all, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel like this person already knows what answer we're going to give to this question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they listen to this podcast and yeah. know us, of course, of course it is. Uh, you know, I'm, so I mean, let me see. is it realistic for me to start lifting weights and in, in strength training at this age? Yes. Heck yeah. Um, you know, like, I don't think it's a secret that like, I never even really like touched a barbell with the intent of doing any of this stuff yeah. until, I, until I was, 30 or a mm-hmm. little over 30 and not that I'm like at an elite level now but I'm certainly a lot more a lot more muscular and stronger and in better shape than I was 15 years ago yeah. when I was 30 so absolutely you can and like I go go uh, like go to our YouTube channel look at our episodes of five minutes with and look at the progress that our clients over 40 have made there's also a difference between your training age and your chronological age. Mm-hmm. This person's talking about my chronological age is 35. Is that a problem? It's not a problem at all. And actually, it's a benefit to you because the reason that it gets one of the things that makes it harder to get stronger and build muscle is your training age. At a young training age, you're at your prime to make the fastest progress ever. You're brand new to it. Everything is going to work. <clears throat> no matter what you do, as long as you have you know, a decently solid plan, you're going to see rapid progress. As your training age gets older and you get more advanced, that's where you have to be more consistent. Add in more volume. Add in more variety to keep mm-hmm. making small incremental changes. Once your squat is up to 300 pounds, it's a lot harder to get to 305. When your squat's only at 135 pounds, it's super easy mm-hmm. to get to 200 pounds. So that's what I mean. It's like you're in a great spot to do this. Forget your chronological age. Your training age is ripe yeah. to do this. And no matter what your age is, is it going to – it's the recipe for doing it is the same. So yeah. don't even worry. <laughs> you you got to do the same stuff yeah. no matter how old you are. So, yeah. so don't let that hold you back. You know, 
Yep. And I, we I, we have several clients that are in their 60s and even 70s who've just started this their weightlifting journey. And I think if they were giving you this advice, they'd be start right yeah. now. Like don't wait any longer because you know I think that they are they are seeing progress in 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 their 60s and 70s. Yeah. But also wishing like man, I wish I had started this even in my 30s yeah. or 40s. Yeah. <clears throat> and like like I said. The recipe is the same. You just yeah. have to stay committed to it. You know, as you get older, you have to be a little bit more spe- specific with your nutrition, with your recovery, maybe taking deloads more often and making sure that your training program takes into account, you know, some of the aches and pains that come along with mm-hmm. getting older. But you actually see that but as not you at get 30, stronger. But not at 35. Yeah. Like, I would say at 35, you, know, you do this this much activity already. Yeah, you don't true. Have, you don't have to, you're, not, you're not in that category yeah, yet. Just start just start. Stop. Yeah, just start. <laughs> Like you don't have to worry about anything right now. <laughs> yeah. Have, why don't you? Since you um, sounds like you don't have a place to start, go to um, digitalbarbell dot com forward slash arms and abs spelled out. Download our free five week mm-hmm. training program and do it. You will be shocked yeah. how much progress you make in five. And that's weeks. a perfect compliment to somebody who is already doing something like a lot of endurance training because it's going to like target muscle building yeah. exercises and without without they're they're already it seems like they're doing plenty of endurance training right now yeah yeah maybe they'll train us for our 10k that we're going to do this year <laughs> all right all right that's it all right thank you guys for watching hope you enjoyed this q a if you ever want to get a question in the queue get it c how do you spell q if it's like C-U. a line i think is it still c-u-e i think so okay if you ever want to get a q in the queue just leave us a message on Instagram. We're most active on there. All right, you guys have a good day. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.